For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 81 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is August 3rd, 2022. Bringing my co-host as always, Say Hey Rob. Rob, what's going on, bro? How's it going today, man? What's going on, Dougie? Yeah, oh, it's in, never good when you call yeah, me that. Yeah, just another beautiful day of uh, August. The dog days. The dog days of August. I guess that's where we are. But I guess if you're... One of us, a Giants fan, all seasons kind of felt like the uh, dog days. So, uh, but hey, lots to talk about today, though. So that's good. We, we're not as bad as it is right now. We're not lacking for content. That is true. Um, so we'll we'll say let's start off with the positive. We had it, so yesterday was the MLB trade deadline, and of course, you know, uh, we're we're part of the admin team over at Giants Chatter, uh, and we had our. I guess you could say second annual trade deadline special. And it went really well. We had Bill Lasky on former Giants pitcher does uh, can be our weekends. Uh, Joe Shasky from 95, seven, the game. And then Sean Estes, former pitcher who works for NBC sports Bay area um, came on. So we had great guests. Uh, they brought the heat and we had a great time. Um, wasn't as long as last year, but man, we had three hours of really, really good stuff to talk about. Um, Actually, all the moves the Giants made, they made three moves in total yesterday, came when we were on so we could live react to them, which was really cool. So, you know, per usual, if you're not joined up on Giants Chatter, uh, the link below in the show's description, go join on Facebook, follow us on uh, Twitter as well, at Giants Chatter. So, yeah, fun day yesterday, albeit, um, you know, the Giants did exactly what I thought they would do, and they did nothing significant. and. Um, you know, uh, they, they get rid of, uh, Darren Ruff. They send him out. They send Kurt Casale out and then they send Trevor Rosenthal out who was signed not even two weeks ago and they get something for him. Uh, you know, just overall, before we kind of dig into the trade specifically, Rob, of the three moves yesterday, um, you know, disregard everything else that's gone on this season. Like, how did you feel about the moves that were actually made yesterday? You know, I felt really good about him actually. Um, for a, for a while there, I was kind of starting to see the light again, to see the light. <laughs> like, hey, things are going to be okay because look what they do. You know, they get Darren Ruff out of town. Uh, they get into a contender. Really happy for him. And the Giants pull four players out of there. Um, yeah, they get J.D. Davis, who's been, you know, he's been off and on 
you know, he's kind of had some injury issues in, in the past, but hey, he, he's a big leaguer, another DH type for, for this team who can actually play now. So that that's great. Uh, Nick, Z- Nick Zwack and Carson Seymour, who are both been having pretty, pretty good years down in high A. I believe they reported to Eugene today. I don't know for sure, but two, two young arms, two, two pitchers who are just having good years. And, uh, and our boy, uh, for some reason, I can't think of his, of his first right now, but our boy Zipucky, who Thomas actually, Zipucky, Thomas Zipucky, yeah, yeah, who actually, lo- local kid, I believe, and he actually pitched against the Giants earlier this year, and it was probably the best game the Giants had all year. They, <laughs> they scored nine runs off him in an in, inning in a third. Um, but, you know, Zipucky's a, a, a lefty, and uh, the Giants are really hurting for lefties in the system as a whole right now. So, you know, I, I, I like to – that, that that move uh getting Casali out, out, out of here as well as Matthew Boyd you know forever giant never threw a pitch uh but they but they get a another pretty pretty good arm in Michael Streifefeller you know I wish there's no R there we just call him Stifler but it's <laughs> but it's Streifefeller very hard to pronounce but you had a having a very good good year down down in double a for in in the Met system yeah um uh, 14 Ks per nine. That's pretty good. And um, I think he was closing games down there. I don't know for sure. That's, that's, that's kind of the way his stats were playing out when I was looking at him, but I believe he's, he's reported to Sacramento today. So I believe so too. Yeah. So he's, he's pretty close, but yeah, other than that, you know, small trade with Trevor Rosenthal over to, to the Brewers uh, getting uh, I believe that was the Tristan Peters yep. trade. Who um, I think out of all the prospects that the Giants got yesterday, he was the only one who was uh, ranked in the top 100 in by MLB.com and all the so-called experts. So, yeah, I, you know what? I really don't have a problem with the trades that they made. I don't know about you, but it was the stuff that they didn't do is what's sticking out in my head right now. Yeah, I thought the talking about the moves they did make. Yes, I I thought. Um... You know, these were I, I don't want to say I don't I don't think they're fleeces. I think, you know, mm-hmm. the Mets are the Mets are definitely NL contenders this year. Um, and they wanted they wanted a right-handed power bat to face lefties. And like we said in the thing yesterday, um, you know, there's there I think you're gonna see more left-handed pitching in the NL East rather than you would in the NL West. And so Darren Ruff, who you know, career-wise, all like all three years in San Francisco, mash left-handed pitching. I mean, you can't deny the numbers. So he's going to benefit um, going there, and he's going to help. And he won't be relied upon as much as he was here. Uh, you know, getting J.D. Davis, uh, Ruff's 36. J.D. Davis is 29, I believe. Uh, the Giants get a younger guy who's under control for the next couple years. Um, he's more versatile, can play each corner, can play the outfield if he needs to. He was being used as a DH there. Um Oddly enough, has actually semi-reverse splits this year. Has been hitting right-handed pitching a little better. But, you know, J.D. Davis, like you said, big league ball player. He's going to come in. He's going to play. He's actually hitting fifth in the lineup tonight. Of course he is. Uh, but, yeah, the, but, you know, the other pieces in this uh, uh, in this deal coming back, uh, I think you should always try and stockpile on farm pitching. And if, if one of them pans out, then great. Um, so, yeah, and then. Getting into the Kurt Casale trade, um, you know, it's funny when we're doing our uh, trade ideas or whatever um, for for guys. I actually had initially 
uh, I believe it was Jock Peterson going to Seattle. And I didn't submit this trade, but Michael Streifler was actually one that was coming back in it. So, you know, whatever. Of course, the one I didn't submit, there was a guy that uh, would have been coming back in the deal, but it looked completely different from, you know, what actually happened. But uh, yeah, having a good year um, in double A this year, 2270 RA, uh, 57 Ks. I think he said he's like over 14 Ks per nine, which yeah. is really, about, really good. About, yeah. Very yeah. Good. So, um, and then they get a catcher, Andy Thomas, in return. Don't know a ton oh, about nice. him, but okay numbers in high A Everett. Um, and then, yeah, they send off Matthew Boyd uh, in that deal as well, who never threw an inning for the Giants, but he rehabbed here and he's probably ready to go in a couple weeks. And now he becomes that death piece because the Mariners probably going to be a playoff team. They're definitely in the race and they could use an additional starting pitcher, which I think it was Chris mentioned yesterday or Eric uh, that sending Kurt Casality up to Seattle you know, he may become Luis Castillo's personal catcher because in right. Cincinnati, they had great numbers together when they when they were battery mates. So, yeah. And then, you know, Trevor Rosenthal was here for two weeks and Farhan flips him for, you know, a pretty damn good uh, prospect. The number 19 prospect in Milwaukee's system, according to MLB.com, he's hitting 306 this year in high A, Wisconsin, 22 doubles, eight triples. Uh, seven home runs and 51 RBIs. So this guy's an athlete, 22 years old, and was just drafted last year, 2021, in the seventh round. So um, Tristan Peters is definitely a guy we may want to keep an eye out on. So, yeah, overall, I'm with you. I think the moves that the Giants did make yesterday were productive, and I'm all for them. They're definitely um, you know, kind of lateral movements because you did get rid of Kirk Casale, who had been injured. Um, but played often when he was healthy and was not far from uh, coming back. And then Darren Ruff was in the lineup every other day. So, um, yeah, don't, I, I would say overall lateral moves. But, uh, you know, something that definitely uh, could help the Giants. I don't think it's going to make a difference in maybe record at the end of the year, uh, and, you know, get them into a wild card spot. Do you, yeah. Are you with me that these moves don't really impact wins and losses this year, though? They absolutely do not impact wins yeah. and losses th- this year. However, we were told yesterday by some uh, guys in the front office that, you know, they really do care about the president, president, the president, <laughs> the president of baseball operations for anxiety said this. I guess I could say that. But yeah, I think we, uh, I don't know about you, Doug. I think we were kind of gaslighted a bit yesterday by our uh, front office. What do you think? I he, it makes he, no sense. Uh, you know, I'm starting to believe that Farhan, unfortunately, is being used as a puppet here. Um, and I, because I think he's a smart guy. I mean, a lot of credit to him for what he did last year. And, you know, the dude is always trying to improve this team. There, there's no doubt about that. He, he will always make a quantity of moves to find a little piece of quality out of them. Um, but yeah, I think to say that they're trying to get better now and, you know, really they're playing for this season, I don't buy that one bit, man. I mean, if they were, they would have made some bigger moves yesterday. Um, and trust me, we've been on the sell side, still were. And if they were going to, you know, buy yesterday, I don't think what they did yesterday was really buying. They would have had to make some significant moves, which. They could have, and trust me, I think we would have disagreed with the buy um, moves that they would have made, but 
they could have gotten several more significant pieces to really say, hey, we're kind of going for this this year and not have to give it up so much. I'm, uh, you know, they could have gotten uh, Brandon Drury, I'm sure. They probably could have uh, went and got a couple of bullpen arms. Like the guy from the Cubs that went to the Yankees, uh, you know, got traded for basically nothing. He's a really good uh, bullpen piece this year. Um, Yeah, so... I'm not buying it either. I'm with you, bro. I mean, it's it's frustrating. And I, I for me personally, as a Giants fan, I'm at a crossroads with being frustrated with Farhan and being frustrated with ownership. And I, I really think that ownership is starting to, you know, show that, hey, we really don't want you spending money. Yeah, I, I think. I think what I'm most annoyed with right now, as a, a lot of Giants fans, I'm sure are. I'm tired of being talked to like I have no idea what the hell's going on with this team. I'm like, I don't have eyes. I don't see what's going on every single day. You know, you can't you you can't tell me you are playing for this year and you and you care about the present roster or the you know present day and not do anything. Uh, no offense to JD Davis, but you know the. For the current roster, the Giants lost more than they gained yes yesterday. Yeah, I, I understand. Technically, they, yeah. technically yeah, they they did. They okay. They didn't trade Rodon. They didn't trade Flores, and they didn't trade Peterson. But you know, and these guys are all are all in contract years. But at the same time, you did nothing aside from JD Davis to improve your roster right now today. So don't come out there before, especially before a game against you know the Giants' biggest rivals who are leaps and bounds, light years ahead of the Giants and say, oh, no, we're, we're still – no, we're – right – you know, today is our biggest concern. You know, winning today is our biggest concern. And, and, and this season, no, it's fucking not. You, 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 can't, you can't keep doing this to a smart fan base who pays attention. You know, you know we're not – you know, the – the nationals or the Rays, you know, this is a pretty educated fan base and to go out there and be the worst defensive team in baseball and do nothing to improve the team defensively yesterday and be the, have the worst bullpen in baseball and to do nothing to improve the bullpen yesterday. You know, Gregory Soto, I'll bet you they could have had him. You know, he's still with the Tigers today. You know, I mean, there, I mean, that's just one example, but that was guy closing I, I, once a week. Yeah. Closing <laughs> once a week. But that was the guy I, I had my eye on the last couple of weeks as a, okay, a few, a, it's a move to help the future, but that could help them right now as well. Well, they can do a thing like that. So, and it's just a lot of twisting of the words and, you know, here's what's happening on the, on the field, but we're telling, but we're telling you, you, this, we're, we're, we're telling you, we're in a good spot right now. And as fans, we all know this, this team's not, it's like, don't, don't believe they Don't believe your eyes. That that's kind of what, what, what they're, what they're telling us right now. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's pretty insulting to me as and I'm sure it is to you as fans who watch this team every day, whether we like it or not, when, you know, no matter how good they're playing or no, or how bad they're playing, it's just very, it's very frustrating. And I don't know. I kind of hit, hit a, hit my tipping point yesterday with, the front office and Kapler and just kind of everybody, everybody who I, who I've been hearing it from all, all year and who, who's pissed me off. They all just pissed me off times a thousand yesterday. You know, I did think it was kind of fitting that Farhan Zaidi was in the, the booth with Kukin Kaib yesterday. I believe it was the second inning 
when um, I think the Dodgers put up four in that inning. And, you know, Alex Wood wasn't great yesterday by any means, but, uh, you know, the the ball in the left center that Wade Doe for that Slater stayed back on. And then like a couple batters later, the one in right center that Slater got a late jump on. And um, it was just it, it was totally a 2022 defensive inning um, mm-hmm. for the Giants. And it was just kind of ironic and fitting that Farhan Zaidi was in the booth when it happened. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and you're and you're. You know, you're leaving out some very chief moments. I mean, you have Alex Wood turn around, throw the ball in the center field. Oh, Alex, true. That was the first part. Yeah. yeah. Alex Wood then hit a guy. And then and on top of all those bloopers and stuff falling in, they're missing cutoff guys. And they're yeah. doing all the shit they've been doing for the last, basically since April. Yeah. You know, they've, so he's up there trying to defend not trading Rodon and not trading Peterson, not trading Flores and worrying about today when, uh, oh man, look at this great team we have today and it's the same team that's been out there for the last you know three months yeah you know ever since that 14-7 start in april i mean this this has been a disaster and but farhan wants to come out and and say well you know it's just been a bad two weeks you know it can easily just flip that quick yeah bullshit dude well, you bring up Carlos Rodon, and now let's talk about the moves that they didn't make. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. They hold on to Rodon. They hold on to Jack Peterson. They hold on to, you know, Wilmer Flores, who wasn't probably getting a ton of calls on, surprisingly. I don't know. Uh, nobody knows. Um, but definitely could have helped out as a rental uh, somewhere, uh, you know, the rest of the season. But, yeah, the main one that I think a lot of logical Giants fans would understand, hey, go get something for this guy in Carlos Rodon uh, and they hold on to him. And I think it was just too, um, you know, out of the ordinary for me to believe that they were going to move him. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised they held him on or held on to him because yeah, he can, you know, he'll definitely win a few more games the rest of the way, but that's it. We don't know what to expect from, Carlos Rodon the rest of the way in terms of health, you know, history shows that he could get hurt at any minute. Uh, and also because of the contract he signed with the giants, he is 110% going to opt out of that, you know, 22 and a half million dollar deal. I believe is what it is for 2023. And nobody would blame him because he has earned last year and this year to go get, you know, his big payday and he's going to. So, and another history shows that I keep bringing up the Kevin Gosman comparison. Giants didn't even offer Kevin Gosman an offer, uh, you know, after a, a really good 2021 from him. And he goes for five uh, for 110 to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know, Rodon is two years younger than that. He's left handed, which is a little more sexier to baseball clubs these days. And he throws harder. And he he's he's got like Gosman's a good pitcher. He's a really good pitcher. But Rodon's got like dominant stuff. Uh-huh. And I just the only way you can justify holding on to Carlos Rodon for me is if you're gonna sign an extension with him before this season ends and make sure that he's here beyond this season's conclusion. And in that case, then it's like, well, then what the hell were we doing with Gosman? Then you're gonna give this to him and not to Gosman. Then it's like. Then you have to really the dominoes fall for questions from fans, you know, of like, well, why this, why that? Um, I just, I just don't see him getting opting out, and then he's coming back to the Giants next year. Um, I mean, if anything, 
I guess it would only be justified is if he signs in these next two months to stay in San Francisco. Yeah, if he signs the extension, I think we're all good with that. I think we all wanted, or most of us wanted Rodon to get traded yesterday, but okay, he didn't. So if you if you're not going to trade him, you you got to extend him because I'm having the deja vu flash, flashbacks right now to Madison Bumgarner in 2019, and I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, where yeah, it was Bochy's last year, and it was Farhan's first full year as GM, so there was a lot of pressure on him and. Sure as shit, the Giants, I think they were riding like a six-game winning streak into the trade deadline. They got so, so hot in July that year. It wasn't even funny. They did. They, they did. It was random. Yeah. Alex Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, it, it was weird. And a lot of pressure. But, see, I felt like this time around, it was like the opposite. It's like, okay, you know who the hell this team is. They've been the same team for the last three months. You know, trade this guy. You know, get what you can for him. And guess what? If you if you want him that bad, go after him again in the offseason. You know, you can do that because, like you said, there's no way on God's green earth, whether he's on the Giants, the Mariners, the Yankees, whoever, he's not – he's opting out of that contract and he's, he's going to get a new one no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just – it makes – doesn't make any sense to me unless – yeah, unless they resign him. And and for, for what it's worth, I'm not, I'm not a big advocate for giving, you know, a guy with the, Rodon's injury history – five years, 110, 120. And that's about what it's what it's going to take. But I'm not either. I just want to put that in there. Right, right. <laughs> but you know what? Now that he's now that he's still here, I Jafaron's got and Scott Harrison, these guys, they got to put their money where, where their mouth is and resign and resign them because if not, yesterday makes zero sense. And yeah, and uh, so yeah, you and I and most fans, we're not <laughs> we're not we're not buying the well, we don't want to punt on this year yet yeah, yeah, shut the hell up yeah because there's nothing Rodon nothing any, any guy on that team does is going to save this season this season is over so it's all about bringing them back now and I did not think when I woke up yesterday I was going to be saying that it's like but but now I feel like they, they have no choice and you know, if not they look beyond silly if they don't resign him now yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, at some point you have to take a risk, even if it's more of a risk than the possible outcome of a reward. And there are so many examples that you could use. Um, but, you know, if if you can get two to three really good years out of Rodon out of a five-year contract, then it's probably worth it because, uh, you know, he's Logan Webb's not going anywhere. That'd be a great one-two punch over the next couple years, um, you know, and, uh, Kyle Harrison's probably going to be in this rotation at some point next year. I mean, he may finish out the rest of this great 2022 he's having and get a shot at the rotation next year. Um, but probably not. I, I, but I could see him getting up here a year from now uh, for sure. And that would be a, who knows? I mean, who knows? Cause nobody like, he's a prospect, but you never know. But um at some point the giants got to start taking risks and right. um, they don't. And I think it, before we jumped on here, uh, Rob and I were talking and uh, I, I kind of circled back to my who to blame, um, you know, reasoning. And like, I, I blame the, the through that throughout the regular season this year, you know, they have, they haven't been able to get much and they've done a lot of small moves that really haven't paid off. Like they probably would have last season. And I think Farhan is to blame for that, even though he, uh, not for a lack of trying, um, but the off season is, you know, the lack of going and getting a star um, and spending 
you know, a large amount of money on a longer term contract, you know, that's ownership in my eyes. And whether you think it's from the pandemic year and loss of revenue and all this and all that and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, other teams had to deal with that too. And they're still out there spending money. Um, so, you know, is Farhan to blame for some of this? Absolutely. But don't think for one minute that he's the ultimate, you know, who to blame guy. I, I, I'm, I'm putting my money on ownership that this is, this is a lot on their end. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be. And I think what's most frustrating for us fans is it's trying to understand the, the direction of this team and what the, what the real philosophy is. Like we, 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 we know, we know about the platoons, we know about the analytics and we know that's a big part of what the giants do, but and they they like to not give out big contracts, but at some point you are going to have to do that. You you are in a division with two fucking super teams who don't give two shits about th- their 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 farm system. And outside of that, they are very good at developing more young talent. So they're going to get more. The Padres and the Dodgers, they're both so good at that. And so if if you're the Giants, all you got to do is look up, and you know what the bar is right now. You know where you got to get. And it, it's just, it's frustrating when, when you see that I'm so hesitant and I, yeah, we use Gossman again as an example, how he, he doesn't get a formal offer from the giants and he gets five for one ten from the Jays. That's what he got. Right. Like, and Gossman, yeah. Wasn't a big fan of bringing Gossman, Gossman back. Like a lot of the fans weren't cause he kind of dis or giving him a big deal. Cause he descended kind of at the end of the year last year in August and September, but you know who else did that? Anthony DiSclefani, he did the exact same thing. He was almost unpitchable in September, but he's he's three for thirty six. Hey, no problem. And they're talking about how how that's a great deal. So what 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 is the the real philosophy here? What what's what what's the approach? And DiSclefani, I I can compare him to Rodon in, in a lot in the injury history aspect. DiSclefani's been hurt a thousand times in his career. They had no problem you know giving him a three year deal. True. You know? So. I, I don't know. It's like they, like you said, Doug, they got to take chances. They got to, you know, step the game up a little bit. And I hear all the shit about, you know, the California taxes, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The Dodgers and Padres play in California too. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I, and I, and they play both those teams play in relatively big, big ballparks as well. So I've heard every excuse in the book for the last 10, 15 years, why the giants can't do this and the giants can't do that. And yeah, they, they got lucky. Well, I'm not going to say they got lucky, but they developed a nice little core there with Kane, Linscombe, Posey, Crawford, Belt, Pablo. Yeah, they had a core there. They kept them together. Great things happened. And that was, that was great. But history shows with this franchise, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often with them. You know, Barry Bonds wasn't a homegrown talent. <laughs> they, they, they went and got him. So it, it it's just, it's frustrating with, you know, when you see your two biggest rivals not giving a fuck and doing whatever they need to do to stay on top of the league and sure as shit on top of the NL West, because if the Giants don't don't do anything, they're going to be playing for that second and third wild card for the next 10 plus years. All great points. I'm glad you, you know, a couple minutes ago, you brought up the farm system and that's what I wanted to transition to next. And over the last couple of years, yeah, the and I'm I'm included in this because I I have bought into this and I I'm not by any means saying the Giants have a shit farm system. I'm not. No, but we need to really start questioning development 
and drafting as well. Um, I think drafting has been okay the last couple of years, uh, but let's look at the development side of things. You know, you, you hear about all these big time names getting dealt. And I think this is, this is the ultimate thing, whether you were all for buying or selling yesterday, I feel like this deadline, especially for a team like the giants who are in limbo and kind of on the outside looking in, there was either buy sell and then, you know, disregard those two. And then there was Soto and cause Soto was like, you know, that's a, that's a trade of its own. I mean, generational type guy, only 23 under control for two and a half more years. That's, that's different than buy or sell or buy and sell. Um, and what it came down to yesterday and Farham confirmed that was other teams were able to offer more prospects, more ready now guys. And that's what you saw. I mean, the, the Padres pretty much just finally depleted what they had remaining in their farm system. But here's the thing. The pieces that they did deplete are really good, you know, high chance guys that when they get to the to the show, they're going to perform. They got rid of Mackenzie Gore, who has been overall pretty damn fucking good this year. Yes. And he's young and he's a left handed starter. He immediately steps into Washington and is the ace of that staff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's going to be there probably for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, they get rid, rid of CJ Abrams who's gotten so much hype over the last couple years. He struggled up in the bigs this year. Maybe he was a little too early, but that guy's going to go to Washington and get a chance to play every day. And he could be a very good shortstop pretty damn soon. Um, And then, yeah, they get, you know, top end prospects uh, in return too. Uh, So Washington made out yesterday for sure. Uh, But you look at what the giants have and what they could have offered And I tie it into, and we've had this discussion a lot lately. Look at all the talent that's in, you know, high A Eugene and double A Richmond. Great. There's, there's supposedly a lot of talent there and numbers would show. And San Jose as well. In San Jose as well. Traditionally San Jose has always had good teams there. They won a lot of championships because they have loaded talent down there. But as things progress and as prospects develop, um, When's the last time a guy coming through that was either drafted or traded for, mainly drafted in this organization, that when they got to Sacramento, it was like, that dude, when he finally gets up here, he's going to make a fucking dent. And I think we talked about last week and we were like, Joe Panic, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Which yeah. was 2013. That's like nine years ago. Well, and, 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 ac- yeah, and, ac- and actually, you know, if you, you know, if you look, look back far enough, you know, when the Giants originally called up Joe Panic, he was in Double A. He skipped Triple A. Yeah, true. Yeah, he, the Giants were right. so desperate. Yeah. They were so desperate in in twenty fourteen for for second base help. I mean, they were looking for for anything. And I remember at the time we had, you know, I, mean, I know, I know you and I had had discussions back then about, oh, they could get this guy, they can get this guy. But no, they they went down Double A, got brought Joe Panic, Richmond. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just so just because he had a great glove, and then yeah, he had, he got hot, hot with the bat a little bit in the postseason, and great, you know, and great things happened, but. The only guy recently, like like high prospect, I can think of is is probably Joey Bart. I mean, Joey Bart destroyed Triple A last year. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was there was no. I mean, there was no way you know they could send him back there for more than a a, a mental spell. Like they did earlier. This that's year. for was, a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like it was like okay, he's too damn good to keep down and in, in or keep. I guess I say keep up in sack. But then. Yeah. 
And then, well, then Buster Posey retires. Like, okay, that makes that that decision a lot easier now. But I totally understand what you're saying, dude. It's 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 pathetic. Like, it, it's pathetic how these guys that we get excited about, Elliot Ramos is is another one. You know, I was like, gonna get to him. Yeah, sure. Like, what wh- what happened? You know, what happened when he got when he got to sack? Like, what? Why did everything? you know, kind of go south. Why is he hovering around the Mendoza line for two months? It's, it's just, it's frustrating. And you, you, you know, you talked about that the package that, that the Padres were able to offer with all those guys in triple A, you know, guys like, you know, Hassel, all these other guys that they had, like, those are guys ready to get to the bigs and they're close and see, and, and agreed on CJ Abrams. Yeah, he came up too early, but he passes the eye test. That guy's an athletic freak. Oh, yeah. he, you know, he's, he's got power. He's got the range of McKenzie Gore. I mean, good God, you know, sign me up for that kid any day. And and they also threw in Luke Voigt in that trade who hits yeah. 30, 30 home runs a year. So, mm-hmm. but with, with the giants high picks, like Sean Jelly, Ramos, Seth Corey, you, you know, uh, Hunter Bishop, you know, kind of flopping or, or being hurt, whatever. I mean, there's, there's reasons that they haven't, you know, got, gotten to that point yet. But the fact is those guys have been high picks and they're not ready to go at the bigs yet. So aside from Luciano and Kyle Harrison, there is really nobody in the Giants system right now who you could say, I really, really think that dude is going to be a monster or, or at least be an everyday major league player. And they're, and they're still, they're so long way away and the Padres had dudes ready to go now. And that's what the Nats wanted. Well, you combine what you, all, what all you just said, and then also the trigger to get rid of them. And like the Padres didn't hesitate yesterday. They like, no, you're, you're getting these pieces. And that's the, that's the main thing. You know, it's not even just the giants. You look across baseball, across major league baseball, all these prospects that you draft, bring in, develop, you get a couple of them to pan out for your actual organization. Great. Um, but a lot of them you develop so you can move for proven fucking pieces. You know, that like uh, you, you brought up Luciano and Harrison. They're probably the most two sure things that, it, but, but, but we don't know. We you don't, don't know. know that they're sure things. No, but, and, and trust me, I'm all for getting like good prospects in return. Like, yes, like this trade deadline is a perfect example. We wanted to move Rodon, go get prospects. Maybe one of them or two of them pan out and they could be part of the future giants over the next several years. Prospects are always a question mark. They're never proven and they're never a surefire thing. But, uh, it, you know, in regards to what happened yesterday, yeah, there's not enough. There's not a ton of, like, for sure depth in this Giants organization, which ultimately leads me back to maybe we kind of overhyped this farm system because there are some dudes in there, but it's not like, holy shit, like the Giants have a t- and farm system and. Go. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I, I was getting fired up and I freaking hit my cord <laughs> off of my mic. Anyways, but what I was saying was, you know, you have all these surefire pieces that are the, the lack of surefire pieces that you can't move. And, and so basically the Giants got outgunned yesterday and whatever. Well, you know, maybe we'll finally someday hear the offer that they went for Soto, whether you were down going for him or not. The the overall thing that I'm trying to get across here, the point I'm trying to get across is um. And yes, I'm with you. I, I'm a big Joey Bart fan. I know we both are, and I hope he's the dude at least for the next couple of years. And he's starting to show signs of he could do this. Um, but the uh, the lack of development from the lower levels getting up to sack, 
is very worrisome and it's a red flag in my opinion because there's just not a lot of guys and yeah you said ramos um is a great example because dude was freaking rob you, you go to a lot of san jose giants games and dude is really good in the lower levels coming up and it's like oh elliot ramos when we get there we get there and and again i don't want to speak for both of us but i was one of those guys like i can't wait for ramos and then like we get to this year and it's like well, dude's not getting better, and he's been mm-hmm. up, I think, twice this year for a cup of tea. Um, but he's not, yes. hit, he's not hitting in Sacramento. Um, you know, another example, yeah, like Sean Jelly, he's he's not very good, and he's you know the most ready guy, I guess, that you could say. Great, he's six ten and he's funky, but you know he gets hit hard. Not even just when he's up here, he gets hit hard in AAA Sacramento too. So. Um, you know, our buddy Brooks says this all the time, and it's it's very true. Uh, numbers in the minor leagues get you opportunities. It, it never translates. Um, so there's got to be some worries um, about development in the system. A lot of talent early, not so much when they're getting close. And that that's a red flag for me. Uh, it definitely is. And a guy I didn't even mention, you tell me, Doug, when's the last time you heard anything about Patrick Bailey? Uh, it's been since beginning of this season. First round pick. Yep. And he is hovering around the Mendoza line in double A right now, too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Like it's it sucks. Like, but you yesterday was a very clear, clear vision of why the Padres were able to swing that trade and the Giants were nothing more than a well, they're gonna make an offer. But once again, it's a big deal. And the Giants were also Rands, and yeah, it sucks. It's sad. All it was was an offer. Yeah, just um, an offer. So we, yeah, all right. We were at the table. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so we've kind of touched on you know through this season our frustrations or whatever all the way up to this trade deadline. You know, there's still like 60 games to be played, and 58, Doug. 58. Sorry, math is hard. <laughs> I'm counting, man. I'm counting the days. There's 58 games to be played, <laughs> and you know we're beyond the point of. You know, maybe, you know, the Giants struggle these last couple games and they sell, you know, but now it's like, of course, the the greatest scenario would be somehow, some way the Giants get hot. They sneak their way into a wild card. They maybe win a few games. Like, honestly, I would still consider that a successful season. If they got into the wild card with this team, with this roster, fucking whatever, dude. Cool. Um, But. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I know you don't think it's going to happen either. We just don't think there's enough on this team. Um, so uh, expectations the rest of the way uh, in these final two months. You know, I I like David VR, but another guy that's uh, you didn't nobody really heard about David VR until no. like this last year or so. Um, and there's a reason for that. Yes, he was he was hitting the ball well in Sacramento, 21 home runs. And again, back to the Brooks comment. You know, it gives you opportunities. He's gotten his opportunity. And I, I am not by any means saying like I'm quitting on David VR. He needs to be yeah. seen more. I think he should be playing pretty much every day the rest of the way. I want to see what he can do, but you know, it's a big question mark. Um, and yeah, we talk about Ramos too. If you know, bring up Ramos, let him play. I let think him play. I, it's, um, it's definitely time for that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm expecting what we've seen since May 1st forward. I think that's what we're going to see the rest of the way. And this team could very much finish six to eight games out of that third wild card. I could really see that happening. Yeah, I'm not. I, 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 I'm going to watch every day. I want them to win. Of course, I'm a diehard Giants fan. Have been for years. But 
do I expect more of the same from what we've had these last three months? Yes. Yeah, but you know, watching watching the games, you know, especially against the Dodgers in, in, in particular, and for it's if it doesn't just grind grind the gears of guys like Farhan and the front and the ownership, when you look when you look down in these giant Dodger games right now, when you're watching at home, like you really it's to me it's like it's like watching like an Alabama football game, like where you're watching the game and you kind of start to realize, holy shit, this, these guys, this team, they are better at literally every position on the field than their opponents. Their opponent has no shot. Like their opponent has nothing they can do. And that's how I feel right now. When I watch the giants and the Dodgers play, I'm like, wow, this team is better than the giants at every single asset or facet of the game. And it's, and as a diehard Giants fan, it, it just, man, it just, it kills you. It, it really does. And Rob, are you saying the Giants are the Citadel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying they're Vanderbilt, okay? But maybe not the Citadel, but yeah. it's, but it, I it get just, what you're saying. It jumps off the screen at this point. It just, it's like, and you, and, and, and you don't, and you don't feel, you don't get on the players. The players are doing their best. You know, the players, you got, you got guys playing out of position every day and they're, and they're fighting for jobs. They're, they're not trying to make outs and make errors. It's not their fault, but it's, if it's, yeah, if it doesn't piss off ownership watching that, then I, I don't know, then we really are screwed. The problem <laughs> it, here, here's the problem between the giants and the Dodgers and we'll, and we'll move on after this, but you're right. The eye test matters. And when you look at the two teams, literally on the field, this isn't on paper. This isn't looking at rosters. This is on the field. One through four for the giants different every day. One through four for the Dodgers, the same every day. You're going to get Mookie, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Those are the four every day. doesn't matter who's on the Hill for the other team, righty, lefty, whatever. Those guys are going to play every day. The giants are all platoon. They lack everyday players. That matters. Also, you look at on the field. You know, um, Brandon Crawford has won multiple gold gloves in his career. One, he's been hurt a lot this year. Two, or, well, somewhat this year. And two, he's just not having a great year. Um, and Brandon Belt, I, he, you know, we Rob and I have always been critical of Brandon Belt. You know that by now, of course. But we will always give him kudos for, like, he's had a great club his entire career. There's no doubt about that. Dude, the last few weeks? He's not making plays. He's no, not. And then you're not. missing Evan Longoria, who uh, always injured. But, man, like he's he's pretty damn good defensively still when he's over there at third base. And then you look at the outfield, and the outfielder is just making mistakes everywhere. Misplayed <laughs> balls, dropping routine balls like Yaz did the other day. And then you look at the Dodgers, and you got Mookie and Bellinger and Freddie Freeman. Gold gloves. These guys are sure, like, you know, hit the ball to me. I'm going to make the freaking play. Right. It is glaring. It is glaring the difference in these two teams. And then the whole factor is at the end of the day, too, with that is the Dodgers are aggressive. They go get these guys. It's a mixed bag of, hey, we drafted them. We traded for them and we signed them as free agents. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the Giants don't do that. And so it's just, it's a big bag of fuck uh, is what it is. And I don't know how else to put it. And that's, it's so glaring. So glaring. Yeah. And, it's and the problem is now it's not just the Dodgers anymore. It's the pod. It's the Padres too. Yep. So like, yeah, it's uh kind of kind of dark and scary times right now to be a Giants fan to put it lightly. But I will say this, and I, I do want to end this 
episode on a positive note, and we'll get into our final thing in just a second. You know, we hear the word rebuild. Last year wasn't a fluke, in my opinion. I'll, I'll say that to to the end of the day. Everything that went happened, everything that could have happened went right. It did. They won 107 games. The Giants could lose out the rest of this year, you know, go freaking 78 and 84, you know, p- basically do what they've been doing the last couple months. It's not going to deter me from thinking that next year is going to be like the same or it's going to be, you know, they could go flip the switch, spend a shit ton of money in this offseason. Um, and shoot, that could be starting with sign a road on and, uh, you know, in the next two months and boom you have your one and two punch back for the foreseeable future. You could go get some free agents. You can make some trades this off season. The giants have financial flexibility to compete right away next year, especially, you know, with three wildcard teams, whether you agree or not with it. Um, but yeah, the, it's not like the giants are going to suck the next few years. They could absolutely be right back in the thick of this next year. So, you know, don't give up hope. Yada, yada, yada. Kumbaya. All that good shit. Um, <laughs> Uh, we wanted to end the episode uh, talking, it, it, you know, we don't get too uh, sympathetic and all gushy gushy on here too much, but um, you know, during the Giants and Dodgers game yesterday, Vin Scully passed and Vin Scully, uh, obviously longtime uh, Dodger announcer, um, just a legendary voice, not only just in baseball, but in sports. And you could argue that he is the greatest you know, American sports broadcaster of all time. And I don't think anybody could put up a good argument to counter that. Um, 67 years with the Dodgers. He started calling games in 1950 in Brooklyn. Um, So he was, you know, all the way up through 2016 on October 2nd, where he finished at Oracle Park, so fitting against the Giants. Yeah. And then he passes yesterday during a Giants and Dodgers game. I mean, it's, it couldn't be more fitting. I thought that was the – it's it's sad that, you know, he lost him, but he, he lived a full life. He was 94. But I thought it was very um, fitting that he passed during a Giants and Dodgers game yesterday. Um, but, yeah, just did it for so long. He had so many iconic calls, dude. I mean, the the Montana to Clark catch in 1982. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Sorry, Rob. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, uh, you know, the Kurt Gibson walk-off home run against the A's in the 1988 World Series – he called uh, Hank Aaron's 715th home run, um, which at the time, you know, was the record when he passed Ruth. It just just iconic calls. Um, he was a great storyteller. Uh, and, you know, when you listened, uh, Vince Scully was, you know, going to put a smile on your face. Whether and, and as Giants fans, I was always thankful for, you know, every once in a while I'd get to listen to a Dodgers broadcast. We're blessed, man. We got we got John Miller and, <laughs> yeah. and Dave Fleming on the radio for the Giants most of the time. Yeah, it's and good. They're really good. But every once in a while, listening to Vince Cooley was great. So, uh, you know, rest in peace. And, um, you know, thank you for all the great calls for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I remember being a little kid and, um, you know, my dad, he had uh, these VHS tapes of the uh, 1989 NLCS. And I watched these at nauseum. I'm sure you did with me a few times. I did. Well. I remember. Yeah. 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 Giants Cubs. Giants yeah. Cubs yeah. yeah. It, 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 well, my dad didn't, re- he threw away the losses, but he recorded the wins. And um, I just remember being a little kid, you know, watching those and Vin Scully on NBC, that was the national broadcast. And so that was when I first really got to hear Vin Scully. And I just remember, you know, being little, you know, he's talking about Andre Dawson, Brian Sandberg, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, Matt Williams, and just how he's going through, he's going through the uh, game and just, yeah, I mean, he, the way he's 
he would just kind of weave facts and stories in into the game in, in, in a huge game. It's the A night NLCS, and he's still just being he's being Ben Scully, and you know it's like man, it's like he was mesmerized, and his words were like a, like a river, yeah, and it was just it's just soothing stuff, and just the the classic calls and like when yeah when Clark took Max deep in game one for, for that grand slam, <laughs> you know I mean just good just the best announcer there there, there ever was and. I, I remember the the first time I actually got to hear him do a Dodger game on the radio. Um, me and a couple, couple of my buddies, I think it was Bryce, Tim, and, and and Josh. We went down to a Giant Dodger series, and uh, we went to the first two games, and we drove home Sunday. So driving out of LA, like we got to listen to the Dodger broadcast. And it was the first time I ever got to listen to Vince Scully do a game on the radio, and it was the coolest thing ever. It's like, damn, I never, man, this is awesome, man. And it's same thing, and. This is like you take eighty nine and this was like two thousand twelve, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's like he was the he was the exact same dude. Like he didn't age a day, and you know a lot like John Miller too. So yeah, rest in peace, Ben Scully, man. That's never a good time for to see a legend like that go. But I'm yeah, you know, I'm glad he was able to yeah live ninety four and yeah him going out during a giant Dodger game is just it's way too fitting. A true. Uh, American sports icon for sure, not just in Los Angeles but worldwide. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, rest in peace, Vin. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll wrap there and just uh, want to thank all of our uh, you know listeners for your time. We know uh, it can be frustrating times, but we're we're Giants fans till we die. And I, <laughs> I know I know it sounds so cheesy and, and silly, but um, you know, we'll get through this and, and hopefully uh, somehow, some way they can win some games moving forward. So yeah, keep uh, us, in, keep us interested. That's yeah. the least they can do. Yeah. So uh, make sure, yeah, you're following us on all the socials. Um, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah. And until next time for say, Hey Doug and say, Hey Rob, go Giants. Go Giants. Don't get swept. I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save-